looking for a brighter season. These are the words of Christopher Jordan Dorner, a former LAPD police officer and ex-United States Naval Reserve Lieutenant. He's accused of killing four people and wounding four others. He led federal, state, and local police on California's largest manhunt on record. On February 12, 2013, he was burned to death by the police in Big Bear Lake, California. Before his murder spree, he left a manifesto for all to read, explaining why he did what he did. Apologies in advance for any word mispronouncements. I know it's going to happen. Names are hard to do. Cities. And some words I may not know. So again, apologies. And just a warning, this audio does contain graphic language. And I haven't censored anything from the manifesto for the record. The following are Christopher Dorner's words. From... Christopher Jordan Dorner slash 7648 to America subject last resort regarding CF number 07-004281. I know most of you who personally know me are in disbelief to hear from media reports that I am suspected of committing such horrendous murders and have taken drastic and shocking actions in the last couple of days. You are saying to yourself that this is completely out of character of the man you knew who always wore a smile wherever he was seen. I know I will be vilified by the LAPD and the media. Unfortunately, this is a necessary evil that I do not enjoy, but must partake and complete for substantial change to occur within the LAPD and reclaim my name. The department has not changed since the Rampart and Rodney King days. It has gotten worse. The consent decree should never have been lifted. The only thing that has evolved from the consent decree is those officers involved in the Rampart scandal and Rodney King incidents have since promoted to supervisor, commanders, and command staff and executive positions. The question is, what would you do to clear your name? Name, a word or set of words by which a person, animal, place, or thing is known, addressed, or referred to. Name synonyms, reputation, title, appellation, denomination, repute. A name is more than just a noun, verb, or adjective. It's your life, your legacy, your journey, sacrifices, and everything you've worked hard for every day of your life as an adolescent, young adult, and adult. Don't let anybody tarnish it when you know you've lived up to your own set of ethics and personal ethos. In August 2007, I reported an officer, Officer Teresa Evans, now a sergeant, for kicking a suspect excessive force during a use of force while I was assigned as a patrol officer at LAPD's Harbor Division. While cuffing the suspect, Christopher Gettler, Evans kicked the suspect twice in the chest and once in the face. The kick to the face left a visible injury on the left cheek below the eye. 
Unfortunately, after reporting it to supervisors and investigated by PSB, Internal Affairs Investigator Detective Villanueva slash Galagos, nothing was done. I had broken their supposed blue line. Unfortunately, it's not just us. It's justice. In fact, 10 months later, on June 25th, 2008, after already successfully completing probation, acquiring a basic post-certificate, an intermediate post-certificate, I was relieved of duty by the LAPD while assigned to patrol at Southwest Division. It is clear as day that the department retaliated toward me for reporting Evans for kicking Mr. Christopher Gettler. The department stated that I had lied and made up the report that Evans had kicked the suspect. I later went on to a Board of Rights department hearing for decision of continued employment from October 2008 to January 2009. During this BRO hearing, a video was played for the BRO panel where Christopher Gettler stated that he was indeed kicked by Officer Evans. Video sent to multiple news agencies. In addition to Christopher Gettler stating he was kicked, his father Richard Gettler also stated that his son had stated he was kicked by an officer when he was arrested after being released from custody. This was all presented for the department at the BRO hearing. They still found me guilty and terminated me. What they didn't mention was that the BRO panel, made up of Captain Phil Tingerides, Captain Justin Eisenberg, and City Attorney Martella, had a significant problem from the time the board was assembled. Captain Phil Tingerides was a personal friend of Teresa Evans from when he was her supervisor at Harbor Station. That is a clear conflict of interest, and I made my argument for this removal early and was denied. The advocate for the LAPD BRO was Sergeant Anderson. Anderson also had a conflict of interest, as she was Evans' friend and former partner from Harbor Division, where they both worked patrol together. I made my argument for her removal when I discovered her relation to Evans, and it was denied. During the BRO, the department attempted to label me unsuccessfully as a bully. They stated that I had bullied a recruit, Abraham Sheffries, in the academy when in reality an unfounded disposition from the official 1.28 formal complaint investigation found that I was the one who stood up for Abraham Sheffries when other recruits sang Nazi Hitler youth songs about burning Jewish ghettos in World War II Germany, where his father was a survivor of a concentration camp. How fucking dare you attempt to label me with such a nasty, vile word? I ask that all earnest journalists investigating this story Ask Officer Abraham Sheffries about the incident when Officer Berdios began singing a Nazi youth song about burning Jewish ghettos. The internal affairs investigation in the academy involving Sheffries was spurned by a complaint that I had initiated towards two fellow recruit officers. While on an assigned patrol footbeat in Hollywood Division, Officers Hormelio Berdios IV and Marlin Megana, both current LAPD officers, decided that they would voice their personal feelings about the black community. When traveling back to the station in a 12-passenger van, 
I heard Magana refer to another individual as a nigger. I wasn't sure if I heard correctly as there were many conversations in the van that was compiled of at least eight officers and he was sitting in the very rear and me in the very front. Even with the multiple conversations and ambient noise, I heard Officer Magana call an individual a nigger again. Now that I had confirmed it, I told Magana not to use that word again. I explained that it was a well-known offensive word that should not be used by anyone. He replied, I'll say it when I want. Officer Bordios, a friend of his, also stated that he would say nigger when he wanted. At that point, I jumped over my front passenger seat and two other officers where I placed my hands around Bordio's neck and squeezed. I stated to Bordio's, don't fucking say that. At that point, there was pushing and shoving and we were separated by several other officers. What I should have done was put a Winchester Ranger SXT 9mm 147 grain bullet in his skull and Officer Magana's skull. The situation would have been resolved effective immediately. The sad thing about the incident was that when Detective Ty from Internal Affairs investigated this incident, only one officer, unknown, in the van other than myself had statements consistent with what actually happened. The other six officers, John Carey, Gary Parker, Jacob Wakes, Abraham Sheffries, and names I have forgotten, all stated they heard nothing and saw nothing. Shame on every one of you. Shame on Detective Ty, same ethnicity as Bordios, for creating a separate 1.28 formal complaint against me. Sheffrey's complaint in retaliation for initiating the complaint against Bordios and Magana. Don't retaliate against honest officers for breaking your so-called blue line. I hope your son Ryan Ty, who I knew, is a better officer than you, Detective Ty. The saddest part of this ordeal was that Officer Bordios and Magana were only given 22 day suspensions and are still LAPD officers to this day. That day, the LAPD stated that it is acceptable for fellow officers to call black officers niggers to their face and you will receive a slap on the wrist. Even sadder, during that 22-day suspension Bordios and Magana received is that the Los Angeles Police Protective League paid the officers their salaries while they were suspended. When I took a two-day suspension for an accidental discharge, I took my suspension and never applied for a league salary. It's called integrity. Journalist, I want you to investigate every location I resided in growing up. Find any incidents where I was ever accused of being a bully. You won't, because it doesn't exist. It's not in my DNA. Never was. I was the only black kid in each of my elementary school classes from first grade to seventh grade in junior high. And any instances where I was disciplined for fighting was in response to fellow students provoking common childhood schoolyard fights or calling me a nigger or other derogatory racial names. I grew up in neighborhoods where blacks make up less than 1% of the population. My first recollection of racism was in the first grade at Norwalk Christian Elementary School in Norwalk, California. 
a fellow student, Jim Armstrong, if I can recall, called me a nigger on the playground. My response was swift and non-lethal. I struck him fast and hard with a punch and kick. He cried and reported it to a teacher. The teacher reported it to the principal. The principal swatted Jim for using a derogatory word toward me. He then, for some unknown reason, swatted me for striking Jim in response to him calling me a nigger. He stated, as good Christians, we are to turn the other cheek as Jesus did. Problem is, I'm not a fucking Christian, and that old book, made of fiction and limited nonfiction, called the Bible, never once stated Jesus was called a nigger. How dare you swat me for standing up for my rights, for demanding that I be treated as an equal human being? That day I made a life decision that I will not tolerate racial derogatory terms spoken to me. Unfortunately, I was swatted multiple times for the same exact reason up until junior high. Terminating me for telling the truth of a Caucasian officer kicking a mentally ill man is disgusting. Don't ever call me a fucking bully. I want all journalists to utilize every source you have that specializes in collections for your reports. With the discovery and evidence available, you will see the truth. Unfortunately, I will not be alive to see my name cleared. That's what this is about. My name. A man is nothing without his name. Below is a list of locations where I resided from childhood to adulthood. Cerritos, California. Pico Rivera, California. La Palma, California. Thousand Oaks, California. Cedar City, Utah. Pensacola, Florida. Enid, Oklahoma. Yorba Linda, California. Las Vegas, Nevada. During the BRO, an officer named Sergeant Hernandez from Los Angeles Port Police testified on behalf of the LAPD. Hernandez stated for the BRO that he arrived at the location of the UOF shortly before I cuffed the suspect. He also stated that he assisted in cuffing the suspect and he told me to fix my tie. All of those statements were lies. Hernandez you arrived at the UOF location up to 30 seconds after I had cuffed Mr. Gettler. All you did was help me lift the suspect to his feet as it was difficult for me to do by myself because of his heavy weight. You did not tell me to fix my tie as the BRO members and everyone else in the room know you lied because the photographic evidence from the UOF scene where Gettler's injuries were photographed clearly shows me wearing a Class B uniform on that day. A Class B uniform is a short-sleeved uniform blouse. A short-sleeved uniform blouse for the LAPD does not have a tie included. This is not Super Troopers uniform, you jackass. Why did you feel the need to embellish and lie about your involvement in the UOF? Are you ashamed that you could not get hired on by any other department other than Port Police? Do you have delusions of grandeur? What you did was perjury, exactly what Evans did when she stated she did not kick Christopher Gettler. 
What they failed to mention in the BRO was Teresa Evans' own use of force history during her career on the LAPD. She has admitted that she has a lengthy use of force record and has been flagged several times by risk management. She has a very well-known nickname, Chupacabra, which she was very proud to flaunt around the division. She found it very funny and entertaining to draw blood from suspects and arrestees. At one point, she even intentionally ripped the flesh off the arm of a woman we had arrested for battery, sprayed her neighbor with a garden hose. Knowing the woman had thin, elastic skin, she performed an Indian burn to the woman's arm after cuffing her. That woman was in her mid-70s, a mother and granddaughter, and was angry at her tenants who failed to pay rent on time. Something I can completely understand, and I am sure many have wanted to do towards tenants who do not pay their rent. Teresa Evans was also demoted from a senior lead officer rank position for performance issues. During my two months of working patrol with Teresa Evans, I found her as a woman who was very angry that she had been pulled from patrol for a short time because of a domestic violence report made by Long Beach Police Department because of an incident involving her active LAPD officer boyfriend, Dominic Funtes, and herself. Dominic Funtes is the same officer investigated for witness tampering. She also was visibly angry on a daily basis that she was going to have to file for bankruptcy because her ex-husband, a former LAPD officer and not Dominic Fuentes, who had left the department, state, and was nowhere to be found, left her with a tax bill and debt that she was unable to pay because of a lack of financial means. Evans, you are a piece of shit and you lied right to the BOR panel when Randy Kwan asked you if you kicked Christopher Gettler. You destroyed my life and name because of your actions. Time is up. The time is now to confess to Chief Beck. I ask that all journalists investigating this story submit requests for FOIA with the LAPD to gain access to the BOR transcripts which occurred from October 2008 to February 2009. There, you will see that a video was played for the BOR members of Mr. Christopher Gettler, who suffers from schizophrenia and dementia, stating that he was kicked by a female officer. That video evidence supports my claim that Evans kicked him twice in the upper body and once in the face. I would like all journalists to also request copies of all reports that I had written while employed by LAPD, whether in the academy or during my three years as a police officer. There are DR numbers attached to each report, investigative report, that I have ever written so they all exist. A FOIA request will most likely be needed to access these at Parker Center or at the personnel slash records. Judge my writing slash grammar skills for yourself. The department attempted to paint me as an officer who could not write reports. Even though Sergeant Joel Sedanma, a training officer who trained me, stated for the BRO panel that there was nothing wrong with my report writing and that I was better than all rookie 
probationary officers he has ever trained. Officer David Drew stated the same, but refused to testify as he did not want to, quote, get involved, unquote, with the BROs. Contact Sergeant Donald Deming, now a captain at Lompoc PD, Sergeant Thaddeus Falk, and Sergeant Ed Clark. All will state that my report writing was impeccable. I will tell you this, I always type my reports because I have messy handwriting slash penmanship. I never had a single kickback slash redlined report at Southwest Division, and Sergeant Falk and Sergeant Clark can testify to that. I never received an unsatisfactory on any day or week. The same can be said within the U.S. Naval Reserves. All commanders will state that my report writing was always clear, concise, and impeccable. Even search my AAR after action reports, CHITs, memorandums, IIRs, intelligence information reports, which were written in the Navy, all were pristine. I had worked patrol at LAPD's Harbor Division from February 2006 until July 2006, when I was involuntarily recalled back to active duty, U.S. Navy, for a 12-month mobilization-slash-deployment to CENTCOM in support of OIF-slash-OEF. I returned back to LAPD's Harbor Division on July 2007 and immediately returned to patrol. I worked at Harbor Division until November 2007, where I then transferred to Southwest Division. I worked at Southwest Division until June 25, 2008, when I was relieved of duty. I have exhausted all available means at obtaining my name back. I have attempted all legal court efforts within appeals at the Superior Courts and California Appellate Courts. This is my last resort. The LAPD has suppressed the truth and it has now led to deadly consequences. The LAPD's actions have cost me my law enforcement career that began on February 7, 2005 and ended on January 2, 2009. They cost me my naval career, which started on April 2002 and ends on February 2013. I had top secret, sensitive, compartmentalized information clearance up until shortly after my termination with LAPD. This is the highest clearance a service member can attain other than a Yankee White TS-SCI, which is only granted for those working with and around the President-Vice President of the United States. I lost my position as a commanding officer of a Naval Security Forces Reserve Unit at NAS Fallon because of the LAPD. I've lost a relationship with my mother and sister because of the LAPD. I've lost a relationship with close friends because of the LAPD. In essence, I've lost everything because the LAPD took my name and knew I was innocent. Captain Phil Tingerides, Justin Eisenberg, Martella, Randy Quine, and Sergeant Anderson all knew I was innocent but decided to terminate me so they could continue Officer Teresa Evans' career. 
I know about the meeting between all of you where Evan's attorney, Rico, confessed that she kicked Christopher Gettler excessive force. Your day has come. I'm not an aspiring rapper. I'm not a gang member. I'm not a dope dealer. I don't have multiple babies' mamas. I'm an American by choice. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a military service member. I'm a man who has lost complete faith in the system when the system betrayed, slandered, and libeled me. I lived a good life, and though not a religious man, I always stuck to my own personal code of ethics, ethos, and always stuck to my shoreline and true north. I didn't need the U.S. Navy to instill honor, courage, and commitment in me, but I thank them for reinforcing it. It's in my DNA. Luckily, I don't have to live every day like most of you, concerned if the misconduct you were a part of is going to be discovered, looking over your shoulder, scurrying at every phone call from internal affairs or from the captain's office, wondering if that is the day PSB comes after you for the suspects you struck when they were cuffed months slash years earlier or that $500 you pocketed from the narcotics dealer, or when the other guys on your watch beat a transient nearly to death and you never reported the UOF to the supervisor. No, I don't have that concern. I stood up for what was right, but unfortunately have dealt with the repercussions of doing the right thing and now losing my name in everything I ever stood for. You fuckers knew Evans was guilty of kicking Gettler and you did nothing but get rid of what you saw as the problem, the whistleblower. Gettler himself stated on videotape, provided for the BRO and in transcripts, he was kicked. And even his father stated that his son said he was kicked by Evans when he was released from custody. The video was played for the entire BOR to hear. Tingerides, Eisenberg, and Martella all heard it. You're going to see what a whistleblower can do when you take everything from him, especially his name. Look what you did to Sergeant Gavin, now Lieutenant, when he exposed the truth of your lying, racism, and PSB cover-ups to frame and convict an innocent man. You cannot police yourselves, and the consent decree was unsuccessful. Sergeant Gavin, I met you on the range several times as a recruit and as an officer. You're a good man, and I saw it in your eyes and actions. Self-preservation is no longer important to me. I do not fear death as I died long ago on January 2nd, 2009. I was told by my mother that sometimes bad things happen to good people. I refuse to accept that. From February 2005 to January 2009, I saw some of the most vile things humans can inflict on others as a police officer in Los Angeles. Unfortunately, it wasn't in the streets of LA. It was in the confounds of LAPD police stations and shops, also known as cruisers. The enemy combatants in L.A. are not the citizens and suspects, it's the police officers. People who live in glass houses should not throw stones. How ironic that you utilize a fixed glass structure as your command headquarters. 
You use a luminous building to symbolize that you are transparent, have nothing to hide or suppress, when in essence, concealing, omitting, and obscuring is your forte. Chief Beck, this is when you need to have that come-to-Jesus talk with Sergeant Teresa Evans and everyone else who was involved in the conspiracy to have me terminated for doing the right thing. You also need to speak with her attorney, Rico, and his conversation with the BOR members and her confession of guilt in kicking Mr. Gettler. I'll be waiting for a public response at a press conference. When the truth comes out, the killing stops. Why didn't you charge me with filing a false police report when I came forward stating that Evans kicked Mr. Christopher Gettler? You file criminal charges against every other officer who is accused and terminated for filing a false police report. You didn't because you knew I was innocent and a criminal court would find me innocent and expose your department for suppressing the truth and retaliation. That's why. The attacks will stop when the department states the truth about my innocence. Publicly, I will not accept any type of currency or goods in exchange for the attacks to stop, nor do I want it. I want my name back, period. There is no negotiation. I am not the State Department who states they do not negotiate with terrorists because anybody with a secret or TS-SCI has seen IIRs on SIPR and knows that the U.S. State Department always negotiates by using CF countries or independent sovereign-slash-neutral countries to mediate and compromising. This department has not changed from the Daryl Gates and Mark Furman days. Those officers are still employed and have all been promoted to command staff and supervisory positions. I will correct this error. Are you aware that an officer, a rookie slash probationary at the time, seen on the Rodney King videotape striking Mr. King multiple times with a baton on March 3rd, 1991, is still employed by the LAPD and is now a captain on the police department? Captain Rolando Solano is now the commanding officer of a LAPD police station, West LA Division. As a commanding officer, he is now responsible for over 200 officers. Do you trust him to enforce department policy and investigate use of force investigations on arrestees by his officers? Are you aware Evans has since been promoted to sergeant after kicking Mr. Gettler in the face? Oh, you violated a citizen's civil rights? We will promote you. Same as LAPD did with the officers from Metro involved in the May Day melee at MacArthur Park. They promoted them to sergeant a supervisor role. No one is saying you can't be prejudiced or a bigot. We are all human and hold prejudices. If you state that you don't have prejudices, you're lying. But when you act on it and victimize innocent citizens and fellow innocent officers, then that's a concern. For you officers who do the job in the name of justice, those of you who lost innocent officers to this event, look at the name of those on the BOR 
and the investigating officers from PSB and Evans and asked them, how come you couldn't tell the truth? Why did you terminate an honest officer and cover for a dishonest officer who victimized a mentally ill citizen? Sometimes humans feel a need to prove they are the dominant race of a species and they inadvertently take kindness for weakness from another individual. You chose wrong. Terminating officers because they expose a culture of lying, racism from the academy, and excessive use of force will immediately change. PSB cannot police their own, and that has been proven. The blue line will forever be severed and a cultural change will be implanted. You have awoken a sleeping giant. I am here to change and make policy. The culture of LAPD versus the community and honest, good officers needs to and will change. I am here to correct and calibrate your moral compasses to true north. Those Caucasian officers who joined South Bureau Divisions, 77th, Southwest, Southeast, and Harbor, with the sole intent to victimize minorities who are uneducated and unaware of criminal law, civil law, and civil rights. You prefer the South Bureau because a use of force slash deadly force is likely and the individual you use UOF on will likely not report it. You are a high-value target. Those black officers in supervisory ranks and pay grades who stay in South Bureau, even though you live in the Valley or OC, for the sole intent of getting retribution towards subordinate Caucasian officers for the pain and hostile work environment their elders inflicted on you as probationers, P1s, and novice P2s. You are a high-value target. You perpetuated the cycle of racism in the department as well. You breed a new generation of bigoted Caucasian officers when you belittle them and treat them unfairly. Those Hispanic officers who victimize their own ethnicity because they are new immigrants to this country and are unaware of their civil rights, you call them wetbacks to their face and demean them in front of fellow officers of different ethnicities so that you will receive some sort of acceptance from your colleagues. I'm not impressed. Most likely, your parents or grandparents were immigrants at one time, but you have forgotten that. You are a high-value target. Those lesbian officers in supervising positions who go to work day in, day out, with the sole intent of attempting to prove your misandrist authority, not feminism, to degrade male officers. You are a high-value target. Those Asian officers who stand by and observe everything I previously mentioned other officers participate in on a daily basis, but you say nothing, stand for nothing, and protect nothing? Why? Because of your usual saying, I don't like conflict. You are a high-value target as well. Those of you who go along to get along have no backbone and destroy the foundation of courage. You are the enablers of those who are guilty of misconduct. 
you are just as guilty as those who break the code of ethics and oath you swore. Citizens slash non-combatants do not render medical aid to downed officers slash enemy combatants. They would not do the same for you. They will let you bleed out just so they can brag to other officers that they had a 187 caper the other day and can't wait to accrue the overtime in future court subpoenas. As they always say, that's the paramedic's job, not mine. Let the balance of loss of life take place. Sometimes a reset needs to occur. It is endless the amount of times per week officers arrest an individual, label him a suspect, arrestee, defendant, and then before arraignment or trial realize that he is innocent based on evidence. You know what they say when they realize an innocent man just had his life turned upside down? Quote, I guess he should have stayed at home the day he was discovered walking down the street and matching the suspect's description. Oh well, he appeared to be a dirtbag anyways, unquote. Meanwhile, the falsely accused is left to pick up his life, get a new family, friends, and a sense of self-worth. Don't honor these fallen officers slash dirtbags. When your family members die, they just see you as extra overtime at a crime scene and at a perimeter. Why would you value their lives when they clearly don't value yours or your family members' lives? I've heard many officers who state they see dead victims as ATVs, wave runners, RVs, and new clothes for their kids. Why would you shed a tear for them when they in return crack a smile for your loss because of the impending extra money they will receive in their next paycheck for sitting at your loved one's crime scene of six hours because of the overtime they will accrue? They take photos of your loved one's recently deceased bodies with their cell phones and play a game of who has the most graphic dead body of the night with officers from other divisions. This isn't just the 20-something-year-old officers. This is the 50-year-old officers with significant time on the job as well who participate. You allow an officer, Thania Sungrunios, to attempt to hack into my credit union account and still remain on the job even when Detective Zalizi shows the evidence that the IP address provided by LAPFCU that attempted to hack into my account and change my username and password leads directly to her residence. You even allowed this visibly disgusting looking officer to stay on the job when she perjures in court, Clark County Family Court, to the judge's face and denies hacking into my personal credit union online account when I attempted to get my restraint order extended. Detective Zolizi provided the evidence and you still do nothing. How do you know when a police officer is lying? When he begins his sentences with, based on my experience and training. No one grows up and wants to be a cop killer. It was against everything I ever was. As a young police explorer, I found my calling in life. But, as a young police officer, I found that the violent suspects on the streets are not the only people you have to watch. It is the officer who was hired onto the department pre-2000 before polygraphs were standard for all new hires 
and a substantial vetting in a background investigation. To those children of the officers who are eradicated, your parent was not the individual you thought they were. As you get older, you will see the evidence that your parent was a tyrant who lost their ethos and instead followed the path of moral corruptness. They conspired to hide and suppress the truth of misconduct on others' behalfs. Your parent will have a name and plaque on the Fallen Officers Memorial in D.C., but, in all honesty, your parent's name will be a reminder to other officers to maintain the oath they swore and to stay along the shoreline that has guided them from childhood to that of a local, state, or federal law enforcement officer. Braddon, Beck, Hayes, Tingerides, Eisenberg, Martella, Quan, Evans, Hernandez, Villanueva, Gallegos, and Anderson. Your lack of ethics and conspiring to wrong a just individual are over. Suppressing the truth will lead to deadly consequences for you and your family. There will be an element of surprise where you work, live, eat, and sleep. I will utilize ISR at your home, workplace, and all locations in between. I will utilize OSINT to discover your residences, spouses' workplaces, and children's schools. IMINT to coordinate and plan attacks on your fixed locations. It's amazing what's on NIPR. HUMINT will be utilized to collect personal schedules of targets. I never had the opportunity to have a family of my own. I'm terminating yours. Quan, Anderson, Evans, and BOR members. Look your wives, husbands, and surviving children directly in the face and tell them the truth as to why your children are dead. Never allow a LAPPL union attorney to be a retired LAPD captain, Quan. He doesn't work for you, your interest, or your name. He works for the department, period. His job is to protect the department from civil lawsuits being filed and their best interest, which is the almighty dollar. His loyalty is to the department, not his client. Even when he knowingly knows you're innocent, and the BOR also knows you're innocent after Christopher Gettler stated on videotape that he was kicked, and Evan's attorney confessed to the BOR off the record that she kicked Gettler. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Thomas Jefferson. This quote is not directed toward the U.S. government, which I fully support 100%. This is toward the LAPD, who cannot monitor itself. The consent decree should not have been lifted, ever. I know your techniques, tactics, and procedures. Any threat assessments you generate will be useless. This is simple. I know your TTPs and PPRs. I will mitigate any of your attempts at preservation. ORM is my friend. I will mitigate all risk, threats, and hazards. I assure you that incident command posts will be target-rich environments. KMA-367 license plate frames are great target indicators and make target selection even easier. 
I will conduct DA operations to destroy, exploit, and seize designated targets. If unsuccessful or unable to meet objectives in these initial small-scale offensive actions, I will reassess my BDA and reattack until objectives are met. I have nothing to lose. My personal casualty means nothing. Just alike AAFs, ACMs, and AIFs, you cannot prevail against an enemy combatant who has no fear of death. An enemy who embraces death is a lose-lose situation for their enemy combatants. Hopefully, you analysts have done your homework. You are aware that I have always been the top shot, highest score, and expert in rifle qualifications in every unit I've been in. I will utilize every bit of small arms training, demolition, ordnance, and survival training I've been given. Do you know why we are unsuccessful in asymmetrical and guerrilla warfare in CENTCOM Theater of Operations? I'll tell you, it's not the inefficiency of our combatant commanders, planning, readiness, or training of troops. Much like the Vietnam War, ACM, AAF, foreign fighters, jihadists, and JAM have nothing to lose. They embrace death as it is a way of life. I simply don't fear it. I am the walking exigent circumstance you created. The violence of action will be high. I am the reason TAC alert was established. I will bring unconventional and asymmetrical warfare to those in LAPD uniform, whether on or off duty. ISR is my strength and you're my weakness. You will now live the life of the prey. Your RDs and homes away from home will be my AO and battle space. I will utilize every tool within INT collections that I learned from NMITC in Damneck. You have misjudged a sleeping giant. There is no conventional threat assessment for me. JAM, New Bath Party, 1920 Revision BGE, ACM, AAF, AQAP, AQIM, and AQIZ have nothing on me. Do not deploy airships or gunships. SA-7 manpads will be waiting. As you know, I also own Barrett 50 calibers, so your APC are defunct and futile. You better have all your officers radio phone muster, code 1, on or off duty, every hour on the hour. Do not attempt to shadow or conduct any type of ISR on me. I have the inventory listing of all UC vehicles at Piper Tech and the home addresses of any INT analyst at JRIC and detachment locations. My POA is always POI and always true. This will be a war of attrition and a Pyrrhic and Camdian victory for myself. You may have the resources and manpower, but you are reactive and predictable in your op plans and TTPs. I have the strength and benefits of being unpredictable, unconventional, and unforgiving. Do not waste your time with briefs and tabletops. Whatever pre-planned responses you have established for a scenario like me, shelve it. Whatever contingency plan you have, shelve it. Whatever tertiary plan you've created, shelve it. 
I am a walking extigent circumstance with no off or reset button. J-R-I-C, D-O-J, L-A-S-D, F-B-I, and other local law enforcement can't assist and should not involve themselves in a matter that does not concern them. For all other agencies, do not involve yourself in this capture or recovery of me. Look at the big picture of the situation. They, LAPD, created the situation. I will harm no outside agency unless it is a deadly force slash IDOL situation. With today's budgeting and fiscal mess, you guys cannot afford to lose several officers to IOD or KIA slash EOW. Plus, other officers should not have to take on the additional duties and responsibilities of dead officers. Think about their families, outside agencies, chiefs, directors, and individual officers on patrol. If you recognize my vehicle and confirm it is my vehicle through a DMV slash want warrant check, it behooves you to respond to dispatch that your query was for information purposes only. If you proceed with a traffic stop or attempt to notify other officers of my location and for backup, you will not live to see the Medal of Valor you were hoping to receive for your actions. Think before you attempt to intervene. You will not survive. Your family will receive that Medal of Valor posthumously. It will gather dust on the fireplace mantle for years. Then one day, it will go in a shoebox with other memories. Your mother will lose a son or daughter. Your significant other will be left alone but they will find someone else to fill your void in the future and make them just as happy. Your children, if you have them, will call someone else mommy or daddy. Don't be selfish. Your vest is only a level 2 or 3A. Think about it. No amount of IMINT, MASINT, and ELINT will assist you in capturing me. I am off the grid. You better use your feet, tongue, and every available DOD slash non-DOD H-U-M-I-N-T agency contractor to find me. I know your route to and from home and your division. I know your significant other's routine, your children's best friends and recess. I know your Sanchez gym hours and routine. I assure you that the casualty rate will be high. Because of that, no one will remember your name. You will merely be a DR number, and that guy, who was KIA slash EOW, or long-term IOD slash light duty in the kit room. This is exactly why, quote, Station 500, unquote, was created. Unfortunately, orphanages will be making a comeback in the 21st century. If you had a well-regulated AWB, this would not happen. The time is now to reinstitute a ban that will save lives. Why does any sportsman need a 30-round magazine for hunting? Why does anyone need a suppressor? Why does anyone need a AR-15 rifle? This is the same small arms weapons system utilized in eradicating Al-Qaeda, Taliban, and every enemy combatant since the Vietnam War. Don't give me that crap that it's not a select fire or full auto rifle like the DOD uses. 
That's bullshit because troops who carry the M4, M16 weapon system for combat ops outside the wire rarely utilize the select fire function when in contact with enemy combatants. The use of select fire probably isn't even 1% in combat. So in essence, the AR-15 semi-automatic rifle is the same as the M4 M16. These do not need to be purchased as easily as walking to your local Walmart or striking the enter key on your keyboard to, quote, add to cart, unquote. All the firearms utilized in my activities are registered to me and were legally purchased at gun stores and private party transfers. All concealable weapons, pistols, were also legally registered in my name at police stations or FFLs. Unfortunately, are you aware that I obtained Class 3 weapons suppressors without a background check through NICS or DROS completely legally several times? I was able to use a trust account that I created on Quicken Willmaker and a $10 notary charge at a mailboxes, etc. to obtain them legally. Granted, I am not a felon, nor have a DV misdemeanor conviction or active TRO against me on a NCIC file. I can buy any firearm I want, but should I be able to purchase these Class 3 weapons, SBRs, and suppressors without a background check and just a $10 notary signature on a Quicken Willmaker program? The answer is no. I'm not even a resident of the state I purchased them in. Lock and load just wanted money, so they allow you to purchase Class 3 weapons with just a notarized trust military ID. Shame on you, lock and load. NFA and ATF need new laws and policies that do not allow loopholes such as this. In the end, I hope that you will realize that the small arms I utilize should not be accessed with the ease I obtained them. Who in their right mind needs a fucking silencer? Who needs a freaking SBR AR-15? No one. No more Virginia Tech, Columbine High School, Wisconsin Temple, Aurora Theater, Portland Malls, Tucson Rally, Newtown Sandy Hook, whether by executive order or through a bipartisan Congress, an assault weapons ban needs to be reinstituted. Period. Mia Farrow said it best. Gun control is no longer debatable. It's not a conversation. It's a moral mandate. Senator Feinstein, you're doing the right thing in leading the reinstitution of a national AWB. Never again should any public official state that their prayers and thoughts are with the family. That has become cliche and meaningless. It's time for action. Let this be your legacy that you bestow to America. Do not be swayed by obstacles, antagonists, and naysayers. Remember the innocent children at Alston, Kent, Stockton, Fullerton, San Diego, Iowa City, Jonesboro, Columbine, Nickel Mines, Blacksburg, Springfield, Red Lake, Chardon, Aurora, and Newtown. Make sure this never happens again. In my cache, you will find several small arms. In the cache, 
Bushmaster firearms, Remington precision rifles, and AAC suppressors, silencers. All of these small arms are manufactured by Cerberus slash Freedom Group, the same company responsible for the Portland Mall shooting, Webster, New York, and Sandy Hook massacre. You disrespect the office of the POTUS slash Presidency and Commander-in-Chief. You call him Kenyan, Mongroid, African, Muslim, and FBHO, when in essence you are to address him as simply President, the same as you did to President George W. Bush and all those in the highest ranking position of our land before him, just as I always have. You question his birth certificate, his educational and professional accomplishments, and his Judeo-Christian beliefs. You make disparaging remarks about his dead parents. You never question the fact that his former opponent, the Honorable Senator John McCain, was not born in the continental United States, or that Bush had a C average in his undergrad. Electoral candidates' children, Romney, state that they want to punch the president in the face during debates with no formal repercussions. No one ever questioned the fact that the son just made a criminal threat toward the president. You call his wife a Wookiee? Off the record, I love your new bangs, Mrs. Obama. A woman whose professional and educational accomplishments are second to none when compared to recent first wives. You call his supporters whether black, brown, yellow, or white, leeches, FSA, welfare recipients, and nigger lovers. You say this openly without any discretion. Before you start your argument that you believe I would vote for Obama because he has the same skin color as me, fuck you. I didn't vote in this last election as my choice of candidate, John Huntsman, didn't win the primary candidacy for his party. I didn't vote in this last election as my choice of president, John Huntsman, didn't win the primary candidacy for his party. Mr. President, I haven't agreed with all of your decisions, but of course I haven't agreed with all of your predecessors' decisions. I think you've done a hell of a job with what you have been dealt and how you have managed it. I shed a tear the night you were initially elected president in 2008. I never thought that day would occur. A black man elected president in the U.S. in my lifetime. I cracked a smile when you were re-elected in 2012 because I really didn't think you were going to pull that one off. Romney, stop being a sore loser. You could have exited graciously and still contributed significantly to public service. Not now. Mr. President, get back to work. Many want to see you fail, as they have stated so many times previously. Unfortunately, if you fail, the U.S. fails, but your opponents do not concern themselves about the big picture. Do not forget your commitment to transparency in your administration. Sometimes I believe your administration forgets that. America, you will realize today and tomorrow that this world is made up of all human beings who have the same general needs and wants in life for themselves, their kin, community, and state. That is the freedom to live and love. They may eat different foods, 
enjoy different music, have different dialects, or speak a second language, but in essence are no different from you and I. This is America. We are not a perfect sovereign country as we have our own flaws, but we are the closest that will ever exist. Unfortunately, this is not the first time an authoritative figure has lied on me. Mr. Fried, Assistant Principal, Cypress High School. Remember when you lied to my mother and the police officer in your office about stating that you never stated to me in a private conversation that you know the theft suspect, Miranda, stole my watch? Let me refresh your memory. A physical education teacher's assistant, a student, stole the list of combination codes to people's lockers from the physical education teacher. That student then opened many of those lockers and stole students' personal property. My watch was taken in that multi-theft and I reported it to you. A week later, you discovered that the theft suspect was Paul Miranda, a student. You stated to me in private that you know for a fact he stole my property. When I attempted to retrieve my property from the suspect, campus security was called and you lied and stated that you never stated to me that you, quote, know he stole my watch, unquote. You sat there and lied to their faces right in front of me. You said it with such a deliberate, stern face, I never forgot that and was not surprised when 13 years later, I was lied on again in the BOR by Teresa Evans. Maybe you can confess to your family at the very least, in the privacy of your own home. After that, contact my mother and apologize for lying to her in 1996. If possible, I want my brain preserved for science and research to study the effects of severe depression on an individual's brain. Since June 26, 2008, when I was relieved of duty, and January 2, 2009, when I was terminated, I have been afflicted with severe depression. I've had two CT scans during my lifetime that are in my medical record at Kaiser Permanente. Both are from concussions resulting from playing football. The first one was in high school, October 1996. The second was in college and occurred in October 1999. Both were conducted at Kaiser Permanente Hospitals in L.A. Orange County. These two CT scans should give a good baseline for my brain activity before severe depression began in late 2008. Sure, many of you, quote, law enforcement experts and specialists, unquote, will state, quote, in all of my years, this is the worst, unquote, stop. That's not important. Ask yourselves, what would cause somebody to take these drastic measures like I did? That's what is important. To my friends listed below, I wish we could have grown old together and spent more time together. When you reminisce of our friendship and experiences, think of that and that only. Do not dwell on my recent actions the last few days. This was a necessary evil that had to be executed in order for me to obtain my name back. 
The only thing that changes policy and garners attention is death. Luis Sanchez, greatest friend, marine officer, aviator, and an even better father and husband. I couldn't have had a better big brother than you. Your spoken wisdom was always retained by me, you old salty Mustang. You sternly told me that no matter what I accomplish, I will always be a nigger in many individuals' eyes. At the time, I did not comprehend your words. I do now. I never forget the quote you state below. I love you, bro. I never saw a wild thing feel sorry for itself. A small bird will drop frozen dead from a bough without ever feeling sorry for itself. D.H. Lawrence Jason Valadao Greatest friend, naval officer, aviator, great father, husband, doctor, and even better human being. I always strived to live my life parallel to your similar values and personal disciplines. Danica is lucky to have found a man like yourself, and you are fortunate to have married an irrefutable, imperfect woman. Always focus on your immediate family, as they are the ones who have loved you unconditionally and always been there to support you in difficult times. I always lived my life as WWJD. What would Jason do? Danica, take care of this guy. Jason, I'm sorry I missed your wedding and you had to find another best man. I'm sorry my predicament with the department stopped me from watching you and Danica get married and arguing with you about issues that were insignificant when I was really angry at the LAPD for what they did to me. I'm deeply sorry, and I love you guys. James Usera, great friend, attorney, father, husband, and the most cynical, blatant, politically incorrect friend a man can have. Best quality about you in college and now is that you never sugarcoated the truth. I will miss our political discussions that always turned argumentative. Thanks for introducing me to outdoor sports like fishing, hunting, mudding, and also respect for the land and resources. Us city boys don't get out much like you Alaskans. You even introduced me to Paps Blue Ribbon, a beer that when you're a poor college student is completely acceptable to get buzzed off of. I'm sorry I'll never get to go on that moose and bear hunt with you. I love you, bro. Kinta Smith, greatest friend, accountant, entrepreneur, and even better human being. You are probably the most well-balanced person I've ever met and the most driven for success. In college and after graduation, I was inspired by your personal drive. Never settle. When you make your first million, promise me you won't forget to enjoy it a bit. I know your first reaction will be to invest it somewhere else. Spend a little, just a little. I love you, bro. Jason Young, great friend, entrepreneur, husband, and father. You showed me the importance of fatherhood and friendship. Love you, bro. Susie Clark Cunningham, Cassandra Harrell, Melinda Yates, Cal Jackson, Ryan Smith, The Rebellados, The Banks, Ben Bynes, Jay Work, Bill O'Neill, Jeremy Fletcher, and Rob Harrison. 
You guys were all important and very special to me. Don't be angry with me. I missed some of your weddings and unfortunately some of your funerals. This was a necessary evil. Some say it was my fault that I was terminated. Yes, DDX, I remember you stating this to me in an angry fit. You said I should have kept my mouth shut about another officer's misconduct. Maybe you were right, but I'm not built like others. It's not in my DNA and my history has always shown that. When you view the video of the suspect stating he was kicked by Evans, maybe you will see that I was a decent person after all. I told the truth. It still hurt that you abandoned me in my time of need. I hope you're happy. That's all I ever wanted for you. Sergeant Leonard Perez, you meant well, but you should have known with your time on the job that the department would attempt to protect someone like Evans because of her time on the job, personal friendships, and ethnicity. I'm not angry with you, but you should have known as an internal affairs investigator. Sergeant Maggie Faust, LPPD, Officer John Thomas, LPPD, and Chief Eric Nunez, LPPD. Your guidance and mentoring as a young police explorer was second to none and invaluable as a young man, police officer, and naval officer. Sergeant Faust, you forewarned me long ago about joining LAPD as they were, quote, different, unquote, and operated differently from other modern law enforcement agencies. I now know it was your humbleness and respect for all who wear the badge and protect their communities that you didn't just express what you wanted to say, that they lack values and basic ethics as law enforcement officers. Chief Nunez, you're fucking awesome. Thanks for the long talks over the years when I was an explorer, college student, naval officer, and police officer. You are a great leader and carry your heart on your sleeve. Your son will be a great Air Force officer with the upbringing you provided. John, what can I say? You're just an awesome person, and my first exposure to what law enforcement was really about was on our ride-alongs. Your realistic approach and empathetic approach to treating all people as humans first is something I carried with me daily. Thank you, every one of you. Dr. Funahashi, Thank you for the superb surgery you performed on my knee on July 1998 in Irvine, California. I never had the opportunity to thank you for allowing me to live a life free of knee joint pain. Thank you. CM1 Bazette, I learned more from you about leadership than most of my own commanders. You lived by a strict ethos of get it done and get it done right. I wanted to attend your retirement I really did, but because of my predicament, I was unable to. Hope you and Richie are still together. I've always held you in high regard. Sergeant Major Kenneth Rock Rockamore, USMC. Thank you for the intense instruction and mentorship and time spent forging me into a never-quit officer. You were challenging as a drill instructor. You made sure the vicious and intense personality I possess was discovered. On a lighter note, don't feel humbled you never broke me. I made it a personal goal to never give up years before. The Corps is lucky to have you at the front. Your leadership is essential and needed for all Marines 
especially staff NCOs, and mentorship and advisement to company-grade officers. You're the epitome of a U.S. Marine, and never forget that. I thank my friends for the awesome shared experiences. I thank the unnamed women I dated over my lifetime for the great and sometimes not so great sex. It's kind of sad I won't be around to view and enjoy The Hangover 3. What an awesome trilogy. Todd Phillips, don't make any more hangovers after the third. Takes away the originality of its foundation. World War Z looks good, and The Walking Dead Season 3, second half, looked intriguing. Damn, gonna miss Shark Week. Mr. Vice President, do your due diligence when formulating a concise and permanent national AWB plan. Future generations of Americans depend on your plan and advisement to the president. I've always been a fan of yours and consider you one of the few genuine and charismatic politicians. Damn, sounds like an oxymoron calling you an honest politician. It's the truth. Hillary Clinton, you'll make one hell of a president in 2016. Much like your husband, Bill, you will be one of the greatest. Look at Castro in San Antonio as a running mate or possible secretary of state. He's good people, and I have faith and confidence in him. Look after Bill. He was always my favorite president. Chelsea grew up to be one hell of an attractive woman. No disrespect to her husband. Governor Chris Christie, what can I say? You're the only one person I would like to see in the White House in 2016 other than Hillary. You're America's no-shit-taking uncle. Do one thing for your wife, kids, and supporters. Start walking at night and eat a little less. Not a lot less, just a little. We want to see you around for a long time. Your leadership is greatly needed. Wayne LaPierre, president of the NRA. You're a vile and inhumane piece of shit. You never even showed 30 seconds of empathy for the children, teachers, and families of Sandy Hook. You deflected any type of blame or responsibility and directed it toward the influence of movies and the media. You are a failure of a human being. May all of your immediate and distant family die horrific deaths in front of you. Chris Matthews, Joe Scarborough, Pat Harvey, Brian Williams, Soldat O'Brien, Wolf Blitzer, Meredith Vieira, Tavis Smiley, and Anderson Cooper. Keep up the great work and follow Cronkite's lead. I hold many of you in the same regard as Tom Brokaw and the late Peter Jennings. Cooper, stop nagging and berating your guests. They're your guests. Mr. Scarborough, we met at McGuire's Pub in Pensacola in 2002 when I stationed there. It was an honor conversing with you about politics, family, and life. Willie Geist, you're a talented and charismatic journalist. Stop with all the talk show shenanigans and get back to your core of reporting. Your future is brighter than most. Revoke the citizenship of Fareed Zachariah and deport him. I've never heard a positive word about America or its interests from his mouth, ever. On the same day, give Piers Morgan an indefinite resident alien and visa card. 
Mr. Morgan, the problem that many American gun owners have with you and your continuous discussion of gun control is that you are not an American citizen and have an accent that is distinct and clarifies that you are a foreigner. I want you to know that I agree with you 100% on enacting stricter firearm laws, but you must understand that your critics will always have in the back of their mind that you are native to a country that we won our sovereignty from while using firearms as a last resort in defense, and you come from a country that has no legal private ownership of firearms. That is disheartening to American gun owners, and rightfully so. The Honorable President George H.W. Bush, they never gave you enough credit for your successful presidency. You were always one of my favorite presidents, second favorite. I hope your health improves greatly. You are the epitome of an American and service to country. General Petraeus, you made a mistake that the majority of men make once, twice, or unfortunately, many times in a lifetime. You are human. You thought with your penis. It's okay. I personally believe you should have never resigned and told your critics to shove it. You only answer to two people regarding the affair, your wife and children, period. I hope you return to government service to your country as it is visibly in your DNA. General Colin Powell, your book, My American Journey, solidified my decision to join the military after college. I had always intended to serve, but your book and journey motivated me. You are an inspiration to all Americans and influenced me greatly. To all senior enlisted advisors, you are just as important, if not a greater viability to large and small commands. It's time you take a more active role in leading your enlisted and advising officers. These are not your twilight years or time to relax. You can either strengthen the tip of the spear or make it brittle. You decide. Pat Harvey, I've always thought you carried yourself professionally and personally the way a strong black woman should. Your articulation and speech is second to none. You are the epitome of a journalist slash anchor. You are America. Ellen DeGeneres, continue your excellent contribution to entertaining America and bringing the human factor to entertainment. You change the perception of your gay community and how we as Americans view the LGBT community. I congratulate you on your success and opening my eyes as a young adult and my generation to the fact that you are no different from us other than who you choose to love. Oh, and you Prop 8 supporters, why the fuck do you care who your neighbor marries? Hypocritical pieces of shit. Westboro Baptist Church, may you all burn slowly in a fire, not from smoke inhalation, but from the flames and only the flames. Tebow, I really wanted to see you take charge of an offense again and the game. You are not a good QB by today's standards, but you are a great football player who knows how to lead a team and win. You will be Tebowing when you reach your next team. I have faith in you. Get out of that circus they call the Jets and away from the reality TV star Rex Ryan and Mark Rapist Sanchez. Christopher Walls, you impressed me in Inglorious Bastards. After reviewing Dwango Unchained, I was sold. 
I have come to the conclusion that you are well on your way to becoming one of the greats, if not already, and show glimpses of Daniel Day-Lewis and Morgan Freeman-esque type qualities of greatness. Trust me when I say that you will be one of the greatest ever. Jennifer Beals, Serena Williams, Gray Drake, Lisa Nicole Carson, Diana Taurasi, Nabush Wright, Brenda Villa, Kate Winslet, Ashley Graham, Erica Christensen, Gabrielle Union, Isabella Soprano, Zane Virgie, Tamron Hall, Gina Carano, America Ferrara, Gianna Michaels, Nini, Natalie Portman, Queen Latifah, Michelle Rodriguez, Angela Johnson, Kelly Clarkson, Nora Jones, Laura Prepone, Margaret Cho, and Rutina Wesley. You are the most beautiful women on this planet, period. Never settle professionally or personally. Dave Brubeck's Take 5 is the greatest piece of music ever, period. Hans Zimmer, William Bell, Eric Clapton, B.B. King, Bob Marley, Sam Cooke, Metallica, Rob Zombie, Nora Jones, Marvin Gaye, Jay-Z, and the King, Louis Armstrong, are musical prodigies. Jeffrey Tubin and David Jurgen, your political geniuses and modern scholars. Hopefully Tubin is nominated for the Supreme Court and implements some damn common sense and reasoning instead of partisan bickering. But in true Tubin fashion, we all know he would not accept the nomination. John and Ken from KFI, never mute your facts and personal opinions. You are one of the few media personalities who speak the truth, even when the truth is not popular. I will miss listening to your discussions. Bill Handel, you're effing awesome. For years, I enjoyed your show. Anthony Bourdain, you're a modern renaissance man who epitomizes the saying, too cool for school. Larry David, Kevin Hart, the late Patrice O'Neill, Lisa Lampanelli, Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, Louis C.K., Dave Chappelle, John Stewart, Wanda Sykes, Dennis Miller, and Jeff Ross are pure geniuses. I'm a big fan of all of your work. As a child, my mom caught me watching Def Jam comedy at midnight when I should have been asleep. Instead of scolding me, the next night, she let me stay up late and watch George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, and Richard Pryor comedy specials with her for hours. My sides were sore for days. Larry David, I agree. 72 to 82 degrees is way too hot in a residence. 68 degrees is perfect. Cyclist, I have no problem sharing the road with you, but at least go the fucking speed limit posted or get off the road. That is a feasible request. Live strong, you fraudulent assholes. Cardinal Mahoney, you are in essence a predator yourself as you enable your subordinates to molest multiple children in the church over many decades. May you die a long and slow, painful death. If you continuously followed me while I was walking at dusk or night, I would confront you as well. Too bad Trayvon didn't smash your skull completely open, Zim.
While Trayvon's body erodes to bones six feet under, Zimmerman has put on no less than 40 pounds while out on bail. Zimmerman was arrested for battery on a peace officer and avoided jail-slash-prison because he completed a diversion program. That's a history of being an asshole. Zimmerman couldn't get hired by a law enforcement agency because of poor credit and a history of violence-slash-restraining orders with women. So what does he do? Designate himself neighborhood watch captain and make complaints to his city council about the horrible work ethic and laziness of the officers patrolling his neighborhood. Good one, Zim. How classy that your father attempts to use his veteran status, quote, disabled veteran, unquote, during your bail hearing, but doesn't state what his disability percentage is. Prior service personnel know it can be 5% disability to 100%. You and your attorneys always avoid mentioning your father's occupation as a magistrate slash judge because I'm sure he's utilized his position to get you out of way more jams than the public has discovered and that your family is not indigent. Oh, tell your wife to stop perjuring herself in court. KCCO. Anonymous, you are hated, vilified, and considered an enemy to the state. I personally view you as a culture and a necessity that brings truth to a cloaked world. Forge ahead. Charlie Sheen, you're effing awesome. My opinion on women in combat, MOSs, designators, rates, and AFSCs. I wish all of you who attempt to pursue combat occupational roles the greatest success in completing, graduating, and qualifying in their respective schools slash courses. Many want to see you fail. Remember, every one of you is a pioneer. There was a time when they didn't allow blacks to fight the good fight. This is your civil rights. Don't quit. It's time to allow gay service members' spouses to utilize the same benefits that all heterosexual dependents are eligible for. Medical, dental, TRICARE, DEERS, SGLI, BX, Commissary, Millstar, MWR, etc. Flag officers, let's be honest. You can't really give a valid argument as to why gays shouldn't be eligible, as every month a new state enacts laws that allow same-sex marriage. LGBT community and supporters. The same way you have the right to voice your opinion on acceptance of gay marriage, Chick-fil-A has a right to voice their beliefs as well. That's what makes America so great. Freedom of expression. Don't be assholes and boycott slash degrade their business and customers who patronize the locations. They make some damn good chicken. Vandalizing their locations does not help any cause. Mr. Bill Cosby, you are a reasonable and talented man who has spoken the truth of the cultural anomalies within the black communities that need to change now. The black community's resentment towards you is because they don't like hearing the truth or having their clear and evident dirty laundry aired to the nation. The problem is, the country is not blind nor dumb. They believe we are animals. Do not mute your unvarnished, truthful speech or moral compass. 
blacks must strive for more in life than bling, hoes, and cars. The current culture is an epidemic that leaves them with no discernible future. They're suffocating and don't even know it. Martin Luther King Jr. would be mortified at what he worked so hard for in our acceptance as equal beings and how unfortunately we stopped progressing and began digressing. Chicago's youth violence is a prime example of how our black community's values have declined. We cannot address this nation's intolerance issues until we address our own community's morality issues first. Accountability. We need to hold our... And then it cuts off. This concludes the Letter to America from Christopher Jordan Dorner.